Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Jim, a world-class event in the Twin Cities uh, this last weekend with World Cup skiing. Uh, your column about that. Tell us about it a little bit. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when Jesse Diggins uh, became a superstar when she won Olympic gold, you know, basically her handlers and agents and American skiing, they said, hey, you know, we want to reward you. What can we do for you? And, instead of choosing something selfish, said, I want to have a World Cup ski race in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't been in a World Cup ski race here since, I think, 2001, in, in the United States since 2001. Mm-hmm. Never been in one in Minnesota. And they said, okay, let's make it happen. Yeah, combined with the Lopet Foundation, a nonprofit uh, you know, that, that raises money through skiing and does all kinds of cool stuff around the Twin Cities. They tried to hold one. COVID wiped it out, so this is the reset. And so they end up having it at Worth Park, just a, just your average Minneapolis park that anybody could go to on any day, mm-hmm. set up a cross-country skiing race, and it ended up being just a, a big win uh, in every way. Um, Diggins uh, finished fourth on Saturday, was on the podium in a third-place finish, uh, come back to get to that point on Sunday. Uh, an American, Schumacher, ended up becoming the first uh, – men's American to win a World Cup event since, I think, 1983 or something like that. Wow. And he did it here. Uh, and all the international superstars in the sport were just raving about the course, uh, the city, the uh, the fan. You know, like they were getting like 20,000 people out there. I, I thought estimates anywhere from 15 to 30 was really, they don't really know. They were just kind of guesstimating. Mm-hmm. But the course was lined with fans. The enthusiasm was really high. Lots of kids wearing, you know, Jesse Diggins' glitter on their faces or wearing, you know, so many fans. It ended up being just a a wonderful event. Yeah. I I was shocked when I read your column today and and that there hadn't been a World Cup ski race at all in America since 2001. So, boy, that really speaks to the power of Jesse Diggins to break a 20-plus year drought of any World Cup in the U.S. She's She's a great person she's a great ambassador for a sport she's one of the best people you'll meet in sports and she you know she wants to promote her sport she wants to promote her hometown i think she was born in st paul grew up in afton uh and you know and doing this also highlights you know a lot of the strengths of minneapolis it's a very livable city the park system's fantastic uh, and to just kind of throw the throw a world cup event you know and schumacher said yesterday he said it's not an accessible sport for americans most of the events are in Europe, yeah. on TV in America at 3 or 4 a.m. You're not mm-hmm. going to get viewership. Uh, this kind of made it, you know, what every growing sport is trying to do is they're trying to get kids to say, okay, maybe instead of running cross-country, I'll be a cross-country skier. Maybe instead of playing basketball, I'll be a kind of cross-country skier. Mm-hmm. And, man, there were, again, there were a lot of kids, a lot of families out there this weekend. Well, that's terrific, really exciting. So will that stay? Is that going to be an annual they're going to try to get it back. I don't think annual is okay. possible, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they want to get in the rotation and be a factor. So I could see, you know, talking to some people off the record this weekend and listening to Rachel Blount, our American, uh, our, our Olympics writer, does a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see them maybe every three years or something pulling this off, which would be, you know, pretty incredible. Yeah, really cool. That's for sure. Uh, one way to not get kids to play basketball would be to have them watch the All Star Game. Uh, that is doesn't really resemble uh, a game in too many ways, except for guys heaving them in from 40 feet as just the course of a, of a game. But almost 400 points scored 
is the NBA All-Star Game ready to go the way of the NFL Pro Bowl? It, it's awful. It's an awful game. I would say this year it was different for Minnesotans because they got to see three key people involved. Uh, they got to see Towns score 50 points. Mm. FC Towns have a great weekend with a three-point shooting and, and 50 points in the actual game. We know it's a bad game, uh, but this year I'm not going to complain about it because it highlighted what's, what everything's going on with the Wolves. By the way, we're talking yeah. here like 12.35, 12.40 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, House, you just broke the fact that the Timberwolves have signed Conley, Mike oh. Conley to a two-year contract extension. So he's going to be here for at least two more years, uh, which is a great move for the franchise. Yeah. They have all... Their starting five is under contract for the next couple of years, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great so, so many good things are happening with the Wolves. I'll, I'll complain about the quality of the All Star game another year. This year, it's kind of. I thought it was kind of cool for Towns to have a good weekend. Yeah, boy, did he uh, look great in the three point contest as he always does, uh, winning it once before and then and then putting up a really nice uh, score again this week. So let's talk about that a little more. Then Mike Conley gets the extension. Um, you know, I don't care where they are in regards to the salary cap, but if they have to pay a luxury tax, but they'll have to be looking at that a little bit the next few years, I would think. They will be paying the luxury tax thing. They call aprons, the first apron, okay. second apron. They're going to be paying a lot in salary tax, but here's the thing. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, Glenn Taylor bought the team for, I can't remember how many, you know, double-digit millions. Mm. I can't remember exactly how much right now. And he's going to sell it for like $3.5 billion. Yeah. Uh, the new owners coming in, you know, Mark Laurie is already a multi-billionaire. Who cares if they pay a little luxury right. tax? I, I don't care. You know, so, and, and, you know, in this market, we, you know, we talk a lot about the poll ads and spending money. Um, you know, certainly I, I would like to see the poll ads spend more money. Uh, it's not going to happen, so I just stop worrying about it. Yeah. But if you're Mark, Mark if you're Glenn Taylor or Mark Laurie, they're getting, they've made you know, Lori's buying into a league where the the franchise prices just continue to go sky, sky high. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in such great shape. I just can't see them caring about that. Yeah, that's that's great for Timberwolves fans. You want to keep all your stars together. And boy, it did seem quite like uh, Mike Conley has kind of been that that final piece. And then to get Nikhil Alexander Walker along with him in that, and he has really developed and become, you know, a very reliable, especially corner three-point shooter. I, I certainly won't pretend that I'm right all the time because I'm not, but I remember when the deal was made and so many Timberwolves fans are like, Russell's shooting a great three-point shooter and he's hot right now. And, you know, why would you make a trade for an old point guard and some nobody, you know, backup? And listen, I didn't know Mikhail Alexander-Walker was going to be this good. Yeah. That's the surprise of the deal to me. But I would have made that deal one up. One up. I would have made that deal... Conley for Russell, for maturity, ball handling, ability to run an offense, uh, relationship with Gobert, leadership. I would have made the deal for one for one, and instead, two of their probably their seven best players they got in that deal mm-hmm. for a guy they they would have given D'Angelo Russell away for a used practice ball, yeah. and they got two of their top seven players on the best team in the West. It's an amazing deal. Yeah, I agree. I was right there with you, too. I, I Honestly, I couldn't get wait to get rid of D'Angelo Russell just because of he doesn't play. Anyway, uh, Russell's problems are different. But I did not know that Mike Conley was so good. He's an excellent shooter. That's a big part of it. I knew he could get the team into the offense, but, man, his, his long-range shooting has really been a key. He's a very good three-point shooter. He knows when to shoot it. He doesn't shoot just to shoot. He shoots when the ball flows to him or if he feels like he's up to him to make a big shot. 
Uh, it's got a beautiful little uh, teardrop, you know, floater, um, you know, and, and he's just really smart. I mean, he just knows when to take what shot. Uh, he gets everybody else involved, but he's also willing to take big shots. You know, they, they weren't very good in the fourth quarter in January, but before that, Conley was making a lot of big shots in fourth quarters. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, do that a lot down the stretch in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, it's been raining in Florida, so the Twins didn't have their first full squad workout, at least yesterday. Maybe uh, today that will happen, but uh, they get set to start trailing spring training games uh, this weekend, and at least so far, really, in spring training, oftentimes the only news you get is bad news because somebody gets hurt or whatever, but you know, at least healthy coming into camp, and from what I understand, Buxton looking good and running around in the outfield. It's really the biggest difference between this year and last year whatever other i know people are obsessed with starting pitching and Mm -hmm. i still think overall they're gonna have a very good pitching staff it's just gonna work differently this year Mm -hmm. but the biggest difference here is last year they got spring training i watched buxton do his first jogging around in the outfield and they watched buxton do his first jogging around the outfield and all of a sudden they're going okay buxton's our dh and we're bringing in michael taylor yeah um and this year they got to look at him and said Okay, everything we heard, which was that the surgery really did alleviate the chronic pain he was dealing with, it's real. Mm. He looks good. He looks like he's going to be able to play center field. How many games? Nobody has any idea. Right. Could be 40, could be 100. In their dream scenario, it's 120. Somewhere in between would be wonderful. Uh, but the fact that he's going to be your starting center fielder. I mean, they won 87 games in a playoff series last year with Buxton giving them almost nothing. Yeah. He was a terrible DH who didn't play in the field. He's their most talented player. He's their best player if he's healthy. If they get, let's say they get 60 games in center field, 70 games at DH, something yeah. like that, and he Take learns to be a better DH. Yep. I mean, what an elevation for the for the, the entire franchise. Boy, that's for sure. And, and it's not easy to DH for somebody like Buxton, who is such a superior defender, and yet maybe gets in his own head a lot, too, in between at-bats. No doubt about it. Um, you know, he always used to have the idea, okay, if I didn't beat you with my bat, I'm going to beat you with my glove mm-hmm. or my legs. And last year, he would, when he got into a funk or he had a bad at-bat or a bad game, he would just go stew. He would go mm-hmm. stew between at bats. He would just, you know, beat himself up, and it, it, he really went down a dark path, uh, you know, mentally in terms of playing the game. I think he needs to play center field often yep. enough that he doesn't go to that dark place again. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at Five Sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.